Welcome back to the League Podcast. On today's show, we have a former champ of the league who's fallen on hard times in recent years. But this year, he's back with something to prove. On the heels of his Week 5 victory over Scott and sitting in third place in the standings, we'll talk with Matt about the state of his team, a compelling NFL storyline that's capturing his attention, and we'll dig into our mailbag with questions from you, the listeners. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. Matt, welcome. Hey, good to be here. Thank you for having me. So great intro. Yeah, man. (laughs) Thanks for making the time. Um, So let's dig right in. You are four and one right now. You're sitting in third place. What do you see when you look at your team? That's a good question. Um, You know, overall, you know, compared to recent years, I feel very strong about the team. Uh, You know, I like it a lot. I think I've had some positive surprises, have definite some very clear weak points, but I feel like I've been able to get away with the flaws so far. And um, yeah, just generally I'm enjoying, yeah, how the team is playing and, and some of my you know, top picks have panned out so far. Not all, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone comes into the draft with a strategy. Most people leave the draft feeling like they've got a pretty strong team. Talk to us about intentionality in terms of what you meant to do, uh, where it succeeded, where it didn't, where you might have gotten lucky. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so picking seven, I thought my best option would be either Cooper cup or Justin Jefferson. Uh, and they were actually both available. And I, so I was a little torn over who to pick, but I, I took cup. Uh, and then I was, you know, the plan was to go running back next because I didn't expect there'd be any quarterbacks worthy of that spot and running back felt so thin. Uh, but Jefferson was there. So I, I had to jump at it. Um, I've never taken two wide outs one, two before. I, I think it's pretty unconventional, but we mentioned about like kind of being intentional this year. I made a big push on uh, studying the wide receivers. Well, uh, just because, well, we can start five wide outs. So if there's a position to know better than the others, I think it's wide receiver. And yeah, I've, I've been really happy so far. I've got four of the top 15 point scoring wide outs. So I'll take it. Dang, um, so that's cup Jefferson waddle. Who's that fourth? Uh, Olave. Um, wow. yeah, Chris from, uh, from the saints. So that's, uh, yeah, it, it's been a shock. I'm, I'm happy with it. Elijah Moore has been the only disappointment. Um, but everybody else generally good for the wideouts. So, uh, quarterback, a very different story. <laughs> yeah. What's the story there? It, it's a good question. You know, I, I don't really know how to feel about the Russell Wilson injury of, is that a good sign that maybe he'll be better? <laughs> I'm hopeful. Um, you know, gosh, Justin Fields has had a really a tough year. Uh, you know, this week he, he was okay, but you know, I'm at a point where I'm I'm holding on to four quarterbacks, and I kind of feel like I have to um, because I really don't know who I can trust, and maybe things will shake out in a bit, and I'll, I'll know more clearly. Uh, but yeah, definitely very weak at, at QB two, and, and sometimes even QB one. So um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't think anyone could have predicted Russell's performance this season. What do you think is going on there? 
Yeah. So I think hey, being in a new place is always tough. I also think there's got to be something with this injury. Of, of that's a factor. So I, I'm hopeful, but you never know for sure if this will gel. It's definitely a tough division, so it's not going to get easier. So No. And I'm not sure how much you've had a chance to keep up on the goings-on of the uh, Broncos, but they've got a new head coach this year, Nathaniel Hackett. He was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay. So, of course, if you're working with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to make you look really good. Uh, I want to say Hackett was also offensive coordinator in Jacksonville back when Bruce Bortles had his really big year, like his single big year. So, really? Yeah, so he's definitely got some credentials as a play caller and a play designer. But, man, does this guy look overmatched when it comes to actually coaching on the big stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's an issue. I mean, if, when you look at how few points they've scored, you know, their defense is pretty good, but they just cannot get the offense going. So yeah, I mean, Hey, it's only week five. Um, you know, two years ago I I was leading the league at four and one and, uh, then the wheels really fell off. I'm not sure if anyone (laughs) recalls this, I lost something like 12 straight games after um, Dak got injured. And uh, anyway, so things maybe things change for the better instead of the worst this year. So. Oh, okay. So we've talked about your quarterbacks, your wide receivers. Um, don't necessarily need to go position by position, but what else stands out to you about your team? So San Francisco defense has been solid. I think we're the second best defense in the league so far this year. So that's nice. Um, it's a defense that I don't, you know, feel comfortable just dumping on its bye week. Um, right. Also, I'd say, hey, Brees Hall, I think, is having a pretty good rookie year. He was, I took him, what, the 18th uh, running back off the board. He's number 12 in points now. I, it feels like he might be trending up. So I, I'm hopefully, you know, just keeps growing and, and having an even better year. Definitely, definitely. And it was a little uncertain there with Brees Hall in New York. I know Raf took his uh, running back counterpart, Michael Carter. It looked like Brees Hall was the lead guy all summer. And then like, basically right as we drafted, you started hearing people saying like, oh, actually, Michael Carter's the lead guy. And uh, I'm just looking at Brees Hall's um, week by week points here. Started out with six and a half, 12 points, 11 points, 16 and a half. So you're thinking, all right, he's getting better. And then boom, uh, this past week blows up for over 27 points. Yeah. So let's, you know, try to keep it going. We'll see. Um, But he's just a tremendous athlete. And when a franchise picks a running back so high up, I mean, for a running back to go in the second round these days, you have to think they believe in him and they want to give him a chance to shine. So, yeah. And what, what do you think of that ecosystem uh, in New York overall, either, either looking at the team as a whole or that offense specifically? So I, when I look at the, you know, I guess I view him as uh, like a real combo back of someone who can run or who can catch. Uh, and just when I look at the league and the general trend towards more passing, I, I think he's just, you know, aside from Nick Chubb, just a running back I, I really like a lot. So, Yeah. Um, I know you, you have a piece of that, another piece of that offense in Elijah Moore. Uh, Zach Wilson, what's your take on him? So Zach Wilson, I, you know, I wouldn't touch with the 10-foot pole. Um, it just, you know, I mean, hey, it's 
end of the day, anyone in the NFL is incredible, but to really shine at that level, you just, you got to be really good. And, you know, he's, yeah, it's not happening. So. Yeah. And you're saying that even as someone who, who needs QB help or, or says at least that that's the weakest part of his team. I, I do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I spent a hundred bucks on Jimmy, um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I'm thin at quarterback, but you know, yeah, I, I just don't believe, yeah, I don't believe in, in Zach at all. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that's tough. And when I don't think, uh, I don't think it was this current administration that chose him number two overall, but anytime you're looking at a number two overall pick, and he's playing like this. And th- he has his moments, um, but he's not hes not the guy. You know, there are some people that you look at and you're like, oh, shit. Like, regardless of where he's drafted, like, he is the guy. And Zach Wilson, like, has some talent, but he just doesn't seem like that yeah. guy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's for me, it's been exciting watching, like, Jalen Hurts keep developing. I mean, it seemed like Tua was really coming on strong before the injuries. Um, so there, there is young talent out there in the league and um yeah it just you know needs to be better protected anyways that gets me to my storyline but I, i'm jumping ahead let's so. let's jump into it yeah what's the storyline that's capturing your attention for me it's definitely the head injuries of you know the Ooh. second two a hit i mean it's just the kind of thing that makes me feel bad about being a, a fan of the league you know you got a guy on a short week who took a really bad hit and was stumbling around and you know, what he, he got back in the game and then he's playing five days later. Uh, you know, that, that was terrible to see. I mean, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. He's fun to watch. So I, I just feel like, you know, the league has talked for so long about concussions and this is important to us, but, you know, it still feels like there are some significant gaps in, in what they're doing to protect people. Yeah. What do you think they could be doing more of or what are those gaps that you see? It's a good question. So, I mean, the fact that it seemed like in the Bills game, Tua said, you know, oh, that was like, you know, some other injury. That was why I was stumbling around, you know, that they kind of bought that excuse. And I'd seen reports that what they like hadn't really examined his back. Um, Yeah, I'm always kind of suspect that, you know, players want to play. They want to get on the field. And I think you kind of need you know, team doctors and coaches to, to really, you know, just not jump to say like, oh yeah, okay, you know, get back out there. Um, and then, you know, the, the second hit, it, it made me wonder about if the league should be doing things to kind of like, honestly, if there's anything happening to coach quarterbacks on like kind of how to take hits, like it, mm. it, at first it didn't look like it should be a bad hit, but the way he got, tangled up with the lineman it was almost like his feet kind of got hitched on the other guy and he just got kind of pulverized and you know if there's some way where the league could have say the veteran quarterbacks who've been around for incredibly long time and survived to really show the young guys like hey if you're going to take a hit this is what you should do um because yeah i just you know i hated seeing that so yeah and you know some of it is awareness of what's happening on the field um, you know, if you don't see the guy, you don't see the guy, but, uh, some of it could be trying to make that play at that last moment. Um, I've taken a look at, uh, Tom Brady just a couple times this season and you can see, and, and, and that guy has just world-class awareness, right? That, that's, I think a really underrated part of his game, but 
he knows where the pressure is. And if he's not going to be able to um, throw it away, you see, he just like collapses himself. He's like, make sure right. that he is like getting down before someone can give him a really hard hit. So yeah, perhaps um, preparation or, you know, more preparation on the QB's part on, um, I guess, how to mitigate these hits could be part right. of it. Yeah, because, yeah, Brady, it's just incredible how long that guy has lasted. I mean, he's like four years older than me and playing NFL football. Um, And yet, you know, what you mentioned about Brady, it reminds me of, it always felt like Peyton Manning somehow would like crumble very quickly and just get out of the way of hits. And, um, you know, hey, he had his neck injury with Philip Daniels, but I mean, he lasted a really long time too and was generally very healthy, so... Yeah. I just love to see those, you know, insights just passed on to the, you know, the young crop of stars. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and the NFL, they're, they're doing more now, but part of it is because they got so exposed with the CTE stuff. Right. And even yeah. when that research was starting to come out, their stance was denial, 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 denial. And then there was an overwhelming evidence at some point, and they're like, "Oh, actually, we take uh, player health really seriously." And and they have taken some steps, right? They've got those those like funny-looking padded helmets, right? I, you it's, know, they, something. They, it's something. Um, I I had read that um, concussions in the preseason were down a significant amount. I can't remember the number. Some somewhere between forty and sixty percent. So they're doing something. Um, I wonder if that becomes more a part of the game. I mean, it, it, it looks kind of silly, but like, I'm not actually sure how much it impacts performance. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's my soapbox on the head injuries. So. I like it. I like it. Um, <laughs> when do you think Tua is coming back? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, it seems like they will be, you know, a lot more careful, uh, I don't know. I would guess maybe three more weeks. Um, we'll see. So yeah, the optics of it are really tricky. Like he could yeah. be healthy now, um, right? And you know, they said he was healthy on game on game day in that in that first game when he he came up woozy. Um, I think having that independent uh, neuro doctor as well as the team doctor evaluating them. I think that's a big step up from anything they used to have before. They also have someone, um, I'm sure, like way up uh, in, in the bleachers where the offensive coordinator sits who can see the whole field, whose job is, I think it's called a spotter, whose job is to look at players who are showing um, lack of gross motor control. So there are definitely things in place. Yeah, I'm really curious with Tua how much of it is is actually going to be player health and how much of it is managing the optics because that was um, awful. That was really awful. And and these Thursday night games, man, I'm not sure if you've yeah. have you had a chance to catch any Thursday night games. I have not. I mean, Thursday night is a tough night for me. And it's, uh, I mean, clearly like you've got a short week. I mean, we already worry about injuries. You know, when you start having guys play after such a short break, it's, it just looks especially bad of like, you know, him going down on Thursday night, having played Sunday, you know, and we just had what an extra week added to the season. So I think the NFL, it's a business. They want to make money and they're always trying to figure out how hard can we push things, you know? For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, every game they add is 
hundreds of millions, if not a billion <laughs> dollar plus uh, coming in. So yeah, they have uh, every incentive to keep on adding and keep on pushing the envelope. Uh, I know after Tua went down, the NFLPA and the NFL renegotiated, I guess this is in their collective bargaining, that they can renegotiate some specific things on the fly, but they renegotiated uh, the steps needed uh, for someone to come back from a, uh, a concussion. So I, I think, I, I suspect there will be more about this in the off season, but it sort of seems like people are just trying to manage the best they can right now. Yeah. Huh. All right, Matt, you ready for this mailbag? Uh, let's do it. I'm, yeah, I'm bracing for the questions. <laughs> there will be some good ones, I'm sure. Uh, so we've, <laughs> we've got a couple that came in today, and I will say that these – so first of all, Matt, you are the one who suggested the mailbag at first. It has been phenomenal. I will also <laughs> say, just like continue to put a plug in for people submitting mailbag questions. Um, I think it's part of what makes the show really unique. It's part of what gets a lot of different voices, a lot of questions here. So – if you are a question submitter out there, thank you. These have been tremendous. I also like trying to guess who these are, um, and it's not always clear, but um, the mailbags are, are a really awesome part of this show. All right. So it's all anonymous. You don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, wow. I, could, I could ask for the, yeah, yeah. You know, for the name, but I'm sure, like, Anthony would just be <laughs> Brendan anyway, so, like, it's, it's not right. really reliable. But, like, I think people have um, different voices here, so... Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll ask the question, and then um, if you have any inclination on who submitted it, I'd be curious as well. But really, we just want to know your thoughts on this. All right. Sounds good. So first question here. Jay Cutler, do you remember what started the obsession? <laughs> Such a tremendous question. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not really sure. You know, I think it was at some point – of just watching him play and how he operated uh, this blend of like just such a high level of confidence and no, no kind of self doubt and just a willingness to throw the ball anywhere at any time, extremely hard. Um, like what, I'll, I'll bring up like a favorite Jay Cutler moment of these. Um, <laughs> you guys remember the game where uh, D'Angelo Hall picked him off four times. Yes. Yes. D Hall, who was, you know, I, I always loved D Hall, although, you know, not a great corner. Like he, he would get, you know, beat a lot, but um, great hands. And I mean, he picks him off four times. And at the press conference after, <laughs> Jay Cutler gets a question <laughs> about why did you keep throwing at him? And Cutler's just like, I mean, I, we watched his film. He's not that good. You know, you got to keep going. <laughs> I was like, how could you say that? Like this guy has just owned you all game. And I mean, just Cutler was just such a character uh, that I felt like was very different from my own kind of personality in sports and life that I have just found it so amusing. And then I just somehow always ended up often drafting him, me or, or Brendan. So <laughs> yeah. How did he actually do when he was on your team? He would always, he was kind of, I kind of thought of him as pretty good, but not great. Like he would never carry the team, but he would always put up points and I would feel confident about having him start. So he was a numbers guy, maybe not necessarily always a winner, but points. So, And, <laughs> and it's funny to think about Jay's career because he had 
don't know, like three or four seasons maybe in Denver. He got drafted by Mike Shanahan, one of Shanahan's last years there. He was their first round pick out of Bandy. Yeah. And I think it was when um, McDaniels, who's the, who's the uh, Raiders coach? Josh, Josh McDaniels. When he right. got that, when he uh, got the job going from the offensive coordinator of the Patriots to head coach of the Broncos, he was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Like, like clearly <laughs> did not want him. Um, yes, you know, shipped him out right away. Like, got a pretty decent haul. I think it was like a couple couple first round picks for him. Went yeah. to the Bears, and the Bears. I mean, I think the name Sid Luckman is like comes to mind. He's like the the only fran- real franchise QB they've ever had. And it was in the like 1950s. So the bears have just not had any luck on the QB front, which Matt yeah. S2 is still carrying on today. Um, but I, I, I couldn't believe that by the time Jay Cutler finished his career, he had virtually every major record uh, that, uh, for bears QBs. And so I just think it's hilarious that, as much as we rail on him, ultimately, yeah. like he was a serviceable fantasy quarterback, and he was an all-time great as far as Bears quarterbacks are concerned. He was, yeah, for you know a, a fairly widely hated player. Like, who can forget? You know, when he like tore his groin muscle and like came out of, what a, a playoff game, and everyone's like, "What's up with Cutler? He's just done." And it wasn't even clear he'd hurt himself. He just wasn't playing, but. Anyways, I recall the backlash and, you know, yeah, it, Jay Cutler, just controversial. Like, yeah, I, I feel like Joe Burrow's kind of taken the torch now of, you know, just a bit of an odd dude who has some talent, who's like good, but not great. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll get uh, into our second mailbag question here. Someone really went through some efforts to set the scene. <laughs> Uh-oh. The year was 1999. <laughs> you and Brendan were living under one roof in a bunk bed, no less. Tell us your side of the missing host 109. What did you see? So, okay. So the post 109 thing, to, to be totally honest, I never got why Brendan picked that team. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well. The post 109ers it was when he won all his titles. So let me let me lay out the scenario and then I'll change the question. Okay. Um, because you know Brendan as well as anyone and certainly better than anyone in this league. So post 109 and uh, this will be really great if if uh, people are listening and have different takes on this, put it on the yeah. link thread. Post 109 was when Brendan and I, I think our ninth grade season were playing each other. I think it was just a regular regular game. I don't think it was the playoffs. And he had he was starting as his quarterbacks, Kerry Collins and someone else. And the game starts and Kerry Collins is like having this awful game. And whoever was on his bench, might have been like Steve Bierlein for all I know, um, just like went off and had like three touchdowns in the first half. And then when I check in uh, to the matchup later on, all of a sudden, his bench quarterback was starting and Kerry <laughs> Collins was on the bench. And then Kerry Collins goes on and has like a ridiculous fourth quarter. And Brendan, with all the fucking gall, switches the quarterbacks again. 
And so I get on the league, uh, the league message board back when we, yeah, there we go. Yes. I mean, back when we used to post, use that. You called it out and then Brendan deleted it. And that was <laughs> 109. The cover up always worse than the crime. Yeah. You know, the commissioner, I mean, he's, you know, he's a good dude and I, I love him very much. Uh, there's definitely have been allegations of corruptions <laughs> hard to dodge. Um, so, you know, I, there's that competitive spirit that runs in the McFarland family. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think I, I will say, I think he's cleaned up his act, you know, I mean, I thought I, I was actually flashing back to that moment when um, you were looking at like the field goal points this week. Yeah. Of the 50 yard misses of like, you know, what's going on behind the scene with the commissioner to, to break the games. But uh, I, I will point out my kicker missed a 49 yarder against Steve, but it, anyways, I, I I'm on a tangent here. Um, so, so my question with that story is knowing Brendan, and I'm not going to ask you to say anything too bad about your brother, but what are the characteristics that you've seen over the years from Brendan that have led to we won't call it cheating, but let's say always looking for that edge. How have you seen that play out over the years? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, yeah, I think the funny thing is, is uh, well, I would say he always tried hard in sports and things, but, you know, he was. I always felt he was very chill about his schoolwork. It always, you know, we would be in our room and I would be doing like six hours of homework and Brendan would be just chilling out or maybe – tweaking his fantasy football roster or something. Um, but, um, you know, that's a good question of, um, you know, yeah, I think he definitely looked for an edge and um, I guess he felt he could get away with it. So. <laughs> but, but we have people who watch closely in the leagues. So. I was going to say, you, you said he cleaned up his act. I think we just have more of a consolidated watchdog group. <laughs> yeah. pe people just know the pattern by now. Um, looks like he won this last one. Enough people conceded that like, eh, what's done is done. We didn't switch the, uh, field goal points from the beginning of the year. So we'll stick with it. And fair enough. Um, and when, yeah. I, when I woke up this morning and checked the scores, uh, and saw that I had lost by a little more than one, I was like, oh, like heartbreaking because it was the number nine and number 10 people playing each other. And he got the most points. I got the second most points, but ultimately it did not fall within one point uh, margin. Right. It was all good. It was just a clean win. Yeah, I think we need to do some sort of audit before the start of the year just to make sure, like, did these rule changes get in? You know, were, were they made? And I'm actually not sure how to do that when you're not the commissioner within the... There, there must be some way to look at the settings. But, right. Um, Can't we just rely on the honesty and goodwill of the commissioner? <laughs> so this one felt more like laziness than... Uh, trying to rig the thing, but I, you never know. You know. <laughs> um, all right, Matt, we're going to wind down here. Bring us home with one bold prediction. Could be something on your team, something you see in the league, something in the NFL. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's my bold prediction. Uh, this is the year of Raph. Um, Raph is tied for first right now. He's going to win the title. Uh, I just I've seen a lot of swagger from him this year. He hasn't spent one free agent dollar. He's still tied for first. I think he's going to be our first champion to never spend one dollar of free agent money. And I just think you got to go back to the draft where 
This guy went halfway across the state in an Uber to show up at draft weekend. Then he, you know, up until like five minutes before the draft starts, he's like selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of debt. Then he hops on, still drafts as good a team as anybody. Uh, he had tremendous success in beer pong until Pat and I teamed up. So I think he's going to come full circle and beat me and then Pat in the championship to win the title. So oh, I'll call nice. this all now. Nice. That's swag all over, man. I think there's three layers of bull predictions I heard there. Raph will win a title, which will be his first. He will be the first champ to not spend any free agent dollars. And third, he'll beat you and Pat on the way to the championship. Exactly. He has to make up for beer pong. So. I love that, man. Highly specific. That's terrific. Matt, thanks for joining, man. Appreciate you making the time. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. And thank you for doing this. It, it really adds something special to the league that's endured for almost 25 years. It's amazing. So. Yeah, You're welcome. Glad you listened. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.